You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening and welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Monday, March the 8th, and Blake to Brooklyn. This is your boy Matt Shook, the host of the Locked On Pistons podcast, a sports writer here in Detroit City covering sports gambling for PlayMichigan.com, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life, just like you guys, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word about the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Appreciate you guys. Big numbers continue for the show, and we expect that to move right along, approaching the March 25th trade deadline. A lot of interest about what the Pistons and Troy Weaver might be doing. But some big news over the weekend, some Blake news what it means for Detroit, what it means for his new team, the Brooklyn Nets. The Pistons now have a roster spot. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. I'll tell you what I don't like about the deal, why it grinds my gears a little bit, gets my goat. And we'll also talk about the All-Star Sunday later on. Don't have all that much to say. That's not a great radio tease. But I'll tell you who is going to be on the show tomorrow later on. So that's why you should stick around until the end. A good guest coming up. There, but give me a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook S C H O C H another underscore after that. Also, the Locked On Pistons Twitter account and check us out on Facebook at Locked On Pistons Dash Matt Shook. Give Brother Brian the follow at B Shook Twelve Show Contributor Extraordinaire. We'll get him his thoughts on everything later on this week. And also the Play Michigan Twitter account. We're not quite to one thousand, so you are not saved yet. Play underscore Michigan. Also wanted to point out that there's more content out there involving me today. Got to give a plug to our friends. At the Bun and Cardigan podcast. That's right. You know about these guys. Nick Henkel and James Edwards III. A couple of guys have been on the show, James, several times. Great show. Great podcast out there, friends. Uh, a good Pistons podcast community. Glad to be a part of it. Laz Jackson and I were on as, I believe, their very first guests. So that was an honor to be in that uh, group of Pistons minds. A fun talk. Uh, we talked about doing maybe a part two on here on Locked on Pistons at some point or maybe first on one of Laz's 16 shows. Laz got a new nickname from the chat, which we did on Sunday afternoon. That was fun. We talked about a lot of stuff and didn't really talk all that much Pistons, which was cool. I enjoyed that part of it. Some background stuff about all of us and how we kind of came up. Some NBA stuff, too our relationships, how we all kind of met each other. I was really glad to be included. Always love all the content James puts out. We talk about that on this show a lot. Same goes for Laz. And I wanted to say the same for Nick, too, uh, someone that we've talked a little bit about. You know if you are on Pistons Twitter, of course you know who Nick Henkel is. Uh, but I gave him some props on the show. I kind of wanted to repeat it here. That young guy is a real talent. He's always been fun and cool and really likable with all of his stuff, all of his videos that he's done after Pistons games, but he's developed over time and learned and grinded and done all the stuff that's not that fun, watching all the games, like listening to podcasts, reading a bunch of things, working on his writing, and it's good to see a young guy like that grow into being a true voice and authority for the coverage of this team. So James and, and Nick, those guys have fun and they know what they're doing. Uh, again, I hadn't really mentioned their show 
on this show before, but again, I'm sure you guys know about it and have heard about it. And the more the merrier, I suppose, with the Pistons podcast. A lot of podcasting options for you guys in the community. I'm really glad to be a part of it and uh, glad that there's more up-and-comers coming. We'll all get better. We'll all learn from each other and uh, weed out maybe some of the old folks like me at some point down the line. But, uh, again, thanks to those guys. Give a listen and uh, support all your Pistons media. Everyone's out there grinding. No one's getting rich off any of this stuff. But uh, a lot of good insights, a lot of differing opinions, and a lot of uh, a lot of fun and camaraderie as well. But Blake Griffin, no longer a Piston, as he is now a member of the Brooklyn Nets. If you haven't heard, Monday afternoon about 1 o'clock, the news broke that Blake had reached a buyout agreement with the Pistons, thought about doing an emergency episode Friday, but there wasn't the number about what the buyout giveback was going to be until Friday about the end of the workday for everyone. So just didn't feel like there would be a whole lot of attention paid over the weekend, so I apologize for that. But we're here now, and we're talking about it. Blake took a $13.3 million buyout. Uh, he gave back $13.3 million, I should say, of about the $56 million that he was owed the rest of the season and next from the Detroit Pistons. This was a number that was seemed right about right to me. I know the national media, we talked about Nate Duncan and uh, Danny LaRue talking about $5 million or so, and national folks were right around those kind of lower numbers. And then you have the more optimistic Pistons fans who would have guessed that, oh, maybe he'll give away half of his contract for his salary for next year or something like that. But as we talked about on here, I think I even threw out the number that I thought it might be in the $15 million range. And this isn't something that you pat your back on that you're right about, but uh, 10 didn't quite feel like enough for him to give back. 20 felt like too much, especially given the fact that he's going to make some money back on a minimum deal with the Brooklyn going forward. Actually, I don't know if it's been reported. If it's minimum, we'll see. That's not me reporting that either. It's kind of a guess, but they got that disabled pl- players exception out there that maybe they could use for it instead from the Spencer Dinwiddie injury. So I, I haven't really seen the number. I apologize for what he's going to be making. But then as a free agent this coming offseason, maybe he works himself back up to being something more valuable than a minimum guy. Certainly a good locker room presence, that maybe a mid-level exception type of player. You know that the teams are going to have that to throw around as they did this past offseason as well. For the Pistons' purposes this year, his $36.5 million contract number goes down to 32.7. They don't have a choice. They have to prorate it for the rest of this season and in the next season as well, although they probably would have preferred to have it more off of next season's number. But is it $3.8 million savings for the Pistons this year? Could be a nice chunk for other purposes. We'll talk about that roster spot a little bit later on the show. But more significantly next year, the $38.9 million player option was, uh, I guess, officially exercised and then broken in this deal of the buyout. Uh, so that 38.9 now now to 29.8 million dollars on the Pistons cap and in real money that they will be paying him as well. So a 9.1 million dollar haircut and uh, significant cap relief there doesn't really mean the Pistons have space. They'll be right up against it uh, according to the uh, the latest cap projections, but they will have more flexibility and more tools and uh, just just a good thing all in all for the Pistons there. And they uh, will not be using the stretch provision as was rumored or possible. Not rumored, but it was was something that was uh, an option for them. So they will not be stretching that over three years, which I think is the right move. A lot of people have said that. But uh, certainly Troy Weaver probably explored the idea of maybe having flexibility these next two, three years as opposed to taking that huge hit that they'll take next year. And really, uh, trades notwithstanding, not a lot of roster spots, 
not a lot of cap flexibility. There will be some, but uh, you don't expect the Pistons to be dramatically different of a roster next year other than a high draft pick and a couple of second-round picks, although those could be moved for other stuff as well. So interesting there, a lot to talk about with it. My biggest takeaway, though, is that this is an organizational win for the Detroit Pistons. Troy Weaver has to get some credit, obviously, as a big-time leader and in some ways the face of this front office right now. But I'm not really sure why this is a, a like why it's really a Weaver move and why it needs to be Troy Weaver getting all the praise for this. And he should get some praise, absolutely, and it's a good thing for pretty much all involved. Blake wanted to move on, and it was the good relationship that Blake's had since he was traded here a few years back that everyone took care of each other. Blake had good positive feelings about this organization. Everyone kind of benefits from this separation. Blake can go play for a winning team and see if he can help out Brooklyn Nets going to the NBA Finals, possibly winning a ring themselves. I don't really look at it as a negotiation that Troy Weaver won. Um, and really, even if he had anything to do with this, this is probably more of an Arn Tellum type of move, you would think, or maybe a, an ownership uh, group that, that talks to Blake instead. Maybe it was Troy that did all the talking, and maybe Troy, in the short time that he's worked with Blake Griffin, has developed such a great uh, relationship with him that maybe he deserves more credit than I'm giving him here right now. But I think more so, everyone who has been a part of Blake's time here should get more credit for keeping everything positive, keeping everything comfortable for Blake. That means Dwayne Casey being near the top of that list, though I question the minutes load that he had, particularly early this season at times. Uh, but I do have to credit Tom Gore as an ownership and his group, Arn Tellum, Ed Stefanski. And you, if you listen to the show, you know I don't give those guys credit for much. But this is a win for the organization, and those guys, in addition to Troy Weaver, have to be kind of credited for this. But it was strange to me to see the reaction be, okay, Troy Weaver needs to be executive of the year in part because of this move. I don't really see, other than Troy putting the Pistons in position to be a team that might need and might benefit from Blake Griffin's minutes this year and next year. Um, so I guess that's a positive that Troy Weaver has done to lead to this. But I don't think that Blake and Troy sat down and Troy won some cutthroat negotiation. I think it was more Blake Griffin giving back and and feeling like he is in some ways in debt to the, 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 the Pistons fans in some respects in the organization. Uh, and, and so, that, yeah, so all good for everyone. A good day for Blake and a good day for the Detroit Pistons moving forward. But I'll tell you what I don't like about this deal coming up next and also what the Pistons might do with their newfound roster spot. That's coming up next here on the Locked on Pistons podcast. But first, it's bang the over brother Brian. You know what I'm here to talk to you about. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Yes, sir! We're covering everything you need to know about the Pistons, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. What I don't like about the Blake Griffin buyout, let's talk about that. So now Blake is going to play on the Brooklyn Nets for a super affordable contract. 
He might even help a little. Hey, he might even help a lot. And I've probably been too optimistic about Blake all year compared to what we've seen on film on the court so far this season. But everyone to me is just dumping on him a little bit too much right now and getting their Twitter blows off on optimistic Nets fans who might be thinking they're getting something like Blake Griffin from a couple years ago, which, by the way, was still only a couple years ago. I know probably a knee surgery, maybe even two since then as well. But I'm interested to see after a few weeks off, uh, I'm interested to also see him in a limited bench role too. And maybe that's the fan in me of Blake Griffin, but I want to see him make some contributions in big moments. So, so sue me about that. But what I don't like is how the buyout, the signing with one of five teams, basically, when, whenever this happens, is such a screw job for the have-nots of the NBA, the teams that are down on their luck right now. This is a mechanism that's so tilted toward the good teams who are in the desirable locations, which, oh, by the way, usually go hand-in-hand. Hand. These aren't like brilliant organizations out in L.A. and out in New York that make they get these things done. This is a league that struggles with this stuff and where guys decide to play and kind of make an imbalance in the league. And this buyout situation is just another mechanism of that imbalance. It reminds me of the Batum buyout from earlier this off from last offseason where Charlotte gets boned. They got to pay all this dead cap to get Nick Batum out of there. And now he goes and signs a basically a minimum deal and plays a significant role for the Clippers right now and might in the playoffs this season. So don't say that these guys never make a difference in terms of the buyout market because it's happening right now with Nick Batum and Charlotte after everyone said the same things about, oh, he's useless this past offseason. Well, what's going on right now? But each the mechanism of it itself, each individual part of it makes sense, right? Uh, the Clippers signed the Blake deal, and then they shrewdly got off of it. The Pistons knew or should have known what they were getting into with the numbers and the length and Blake's injury history there. Uh, so they have to take the pain on the back end. That makes sense, but this is painful. I mean, this is just short of $30 million next season, already done, done deal, signed, sealed, and delivered for a guy to not play for them next year while they're one of the bottom teams in the NBA. Now, again, this is a mutual separation. Blake should be able to play for who, for, uh, for who he wants, and, and there's not a lot of money out there, so he has to take what he can get, which is not much. So the Nets clearly benefit from this system, but to me the system just sucks. The bad team has all the dead cap. The good team gets a gift. And I realize that with this system, there's no easy solutions. There's no, in that confluence of events that happen, there's nothing that is so obviously wrong in the chain that that's the part that needs to be fixed. So uh, there's not an easy thing that's staring at me in the face about how to fix this whole thing. So maybe you have to get a little creative as a league and as a CBA going forward. Um, I wonder if there's a way to get compensatory compensatory picks like they do in a lot of other sports uh, for teams that are kind of screwed over by this. Or if you if you pick up a buyout guy on the other end of it, if you're the Nets, you have to surrender a future second uh, to the ether or maybe to the buying out team. Maybe that's decided by an arbiter who looks at the uh, the draft situations. Maybe it's a cash situation there too. Or let's say the more Blake plays for his new team, the more it takes off of this season's cap hit, or maybe there's a trade exception type of mechanism added to the league toolbox going forward that punishes the Nets a little bit and gives the Pistons a little relief in one way or another. I think that might be something for the league to think about. But for the Pistons to think about going forward, they've got a roster spot now. And I know the knee-jerk reaction from a lot of fans, and rightfully so, is to just say, hey, Saban Lee is playing great. 
You want to bring him into the system in a little bit more of a formal way where he's instead of the two-way that he's at right now, promote him, backfill with another two-way guy going forward. But how about this? How about another NBA guy? How about you give that spot to another one? Saban Lee really has no leverage in getting promoted. It would be doing him a solid, but the league is already doing guys like Saban Lee a solid as last week it was reported that they're putting in place an extension of two-way guys where they start collecting real checks after they pass that amount of games. It's not like they're going to be cut off after the amount of games that they have allotted to them this year and the Pistons can't use them anymore. In fact, they can, and they're going to get paid a nice little pretty penny for it too. For Saban Lee, a guy who was picked 38 in the second round, a rookie this year who wasn't probably thinking he was going to get picked that high, that's a boon for him. That's good stuff. So, you know, Lee will be taken care of with that mechanism. So my thought is go find a project. Go find like Christian Wood was with New Orleans and uh, led to him getting caught up with the Pistons down the road. Maybe the Pistons could be that team that, that finds a guy, nurtures him, and also keeps him around going forward. That was kind of what Justin Patton was supposed to be this offseason until he was caught up in the Troy Weaver numbers game. There's some good examples about this around the league. Duncan Robinson was pretty much a situation like this. Kendrick Nunn, both of those guys with Miami, kind of brought in backfilling throughout the the last part of a season for a team that uh, had some flexibility, had that roster spot, and wasn't really using it with anything productive right now. The challenge is to find that guy. Now, it's not going to be a home run every time. It's probably not going to be a home run most times. might not even be a single, but it's worth a try. Maybe you can use the Troy Weaver Midas touch for one of the G League bubble overperformers uh, who's not tied to a team right now. Or make a trade, right? We've are, we're already thinking about the Pistons as sellers, and they should certainly be sellers in the traditional sense. But there are some ways you can buy a little bit here in these next couple of weeks with some mechanisms and some teams interested in making some deals over these next couple of weeks. I suspect that that is what we'll see as opposed to Lee getting promoted. Now, Lee, maybe he'll get promoted eventually, but I think Troy Weaver is going to do his due diligence and try to find a new piece for his uh, toolbox there with the Detroit Pistons. I think Troy will find someone that we aren't thinking about, get them in the mix. It might work. It might not. See how it goes. Preferably a young player, a hungry player, uh, and someone who could create some value for themselves in their career and the Pistons looking forward to the rest of the year and next year and beyond. Like I said, could receive a player in a trade, a mini buy. Um, the Pistons could trade a second of their own and acquire a player. Uh, we're talking about selling off certain players, but uh, maybe there's a way to be the buyer in this part. And it feels a little bit redundant to have two second-round picks and add three rookies to this roster next year, and we know that uh, that will be in the toolbox going into the draft, if not during the uh, the trade deadline season. But I wonder if Troy gets a little aggressive, makes a little bit of an impulse buy this month, gets in someone who's a little bit undervalued around the league. That appears to be one of his specialties as a general manager. And the Pistons certainly have minutes that would be appealing to another restoration project like Dennis Smith, who's getting his minutes and getting his chance to rebuild his career here in Detroit. But up next, we're going to talk about the All-Star Game, what happened in Atlanta, and who are we going to be joined with tomorrow here on the show. That's coming up next here on the Locked On Pistons podcast, which is a proud member of the Locked On Network, your team, every day. But we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. That's right. We put together a bracket 
of all the flavors, all the gimmick flavors, all this good stuff. I believe there's 24 flavors in the bracket, and today's matchup is two of them, between Apple Almond Crisp and Churro Puff and also Peanut Butter Brownie and Raspberry. You better believe I've had all these flavors, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. That's not me selling. That's me telling. I'm going to go with the Apple Almond Crisp in this one myself and the Peanut Butter Brownie. I'm going to be honest. This wasn't a very tough matchup, but this tournament will have some very tough matchups, and this will be uh, one of the more important March Madness tournaments this year. That is for sure. So check that out on social media. Give uh, Go to BuiltBar.com and also check out Built underscore Bar on Twitter. Do your voting. Get in touch with those guys on all the social media channels as well. We really appreciate that. They're good bars. And if you're a listener to this show and you haven't tried them yet, you are missing out. And if uh, you don't want to try them, I don't know. I don't agree with you, but at least give these guys a follow and let them know you appreciate the gimmicks and uh, me just, just telling you all about one of our favorite sponsors. Remember, use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, how much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, you need to subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. Don't know how much of you guys were glued in to All-Star Sunday or not. I'm on the camp of I'm not really sure, or in fact, I'm a little bit appalled, I guess. Maybe that's a little too strong about why this game even happened. I don't I don't get it. I do get the uh, dispatching players to wherever they want to go for like a vacation situation presents its own kind of problems. So maybe having guys come to Atlanta and hoping that it's a little bit more of a confined situation. I don't know. I mean, we'll see how the fallout of this all goes, but you know, the country's heading in hopefully the right direction in terms of how we're handling the coronavirus. Hope hopefully you guys are all getting vaccines if you can so far and can and we'll get them like I will as soon as you possibly can. I've already signed up for lists and all that good stuff too. So uh, I would encourage you guys to do that. First of all, but uh, yeah, just uh, this all-star game happened. I don't think it's one that we're all going to remember years and years down the line. Steph Curry wins the three-point shootout. My pick, Anthony Simons, wins the dunk contest. So no, the listeners didn't get the dub there. With uh, I believe they had Obi Toppin and Brian had Cash and Stanley. So yes, uh, I got my my boy, Anthony Simons, who I've always wanted in a Pistons uniform. He wins an underwhelming dunk contest. And then Team LeBron with the sweep over Team Durant winning quarter one, quarter two, and quarter three, along with the uh, the final score with Team Lillard from literally a step inside of half court. I know we sometimes say shots that are really deep are like, it was basically from half court when, when Curry and Young go deep. Damian Lillard took a step inside half court and fired up a three and knocked it down. I mean, it is it was basically a half court shot, unbelievable, great stuff. It, it got me out of my chair, which which uh, if you know me, that doesn't happen very often. I literally stood up after Dame did that. Pretty exciting stuff. Dame time, game time, as I tweeted. So good times there. And uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo was perfect from the field. And gets himself the MVP, deservedly so. But no, uh, as someone who kind of Roots against Team Durant or roots against Kevin Durant. It was nice to see Team Durant not really show up for the All-Star game. 
there. The GM couldn't make it happen for his team as uh, they get swept. But somehow, I mean, and, and, and thankfully, you know, the charity that Team Durant was representing still got five hundred grand out of the deal. But it would have been, uh, again, f- not funny in an actual way, but funny in uh, a sick person like me kind of way to see like Durant's charity get shut out because Durant's team couldn't be bothered to win a quarter in this game. So, no, it wasn't the uh, the Elam ending final that we saw. I think it was last year's game, although that seems like a million years ago, that was really entertaining. I think the first year they did it, and now uh, now it's kind of, oh, it's uh, not that all that entertaining because one team was down by so much that the fourth quarter really wasn't all that interesting at all. But uh, So, yeah, we can forget about the All-Star game this year. It happened. It shouldn't have happened, but now it's over. And let's move on with our lives. Pistons back in action on Thursday in Charlotte. And I'm excited about that. But we got some more time in these next couple of days to eat up some air time here on Locked on Pistons. Did an interview, kind of a crossover episode, that we're going to be airing for you guys for Tuesday's show. And that is with Ben Beacon. Who's Ben Beacon? He is the host of Locked on T-Wolves. And why do you care about the T-Wolves? You know why you care about the T-Wolves. They are at the bottom of the NBA right now. And the projections, all the number crunching, all the spreadsheets are saying that the Timberwolves will continue to be at the bottom of the NBA. And those spreadsheets and those databases are using the numbers available to them. However, as Ben and I talked about on the show, there are a lot of reasons to believe that the numbers might be lying. And there might be an opportunity for the Pistons and other teams to get back to the bottom of the NBA, which would be a worthy place to be for those teams and this team in particular in the Motor City. Fun conversation. Check that out tomorrow with Ben. We'll, of course, be here with you to introduce that and uh, pass along any other news that comes along on Monday. But thanks, you guys, for listening. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Pistons. I'm your host, Matt Shook. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Hollinger and Duncan. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you.